Hey guys, welcome to Table for Four. This is our third episode on the podcast. I'm going to let Mommy take it. Hi guys, welcome. This is Table for Four. My name is Stephanie. My name is Andre. My name is Adrian. I'm the youngest child, Stephan. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. So again, this is Table for Four. We're introducing a new special guest for today. Yes. So we have Jesse Acevedo. Now, Jesse has been a longtime friend of the family and been here. Woof, how long have we known each other? Yeah, almost like 17, uh, 18 years already. I can't even, yeah, I can't even keep track. <laughs> That's nearly older than just, me and my Just about. I was going to say 20 years myself. Yeah, man. It's a long time. <laughs> so for today's episode, we're going to be focusing on suicide and cyberbullying. Yes. Now, I know that this is a very serious topic, but it is a topic that still needs to be discussed. Uh, you guys are 9 and 11, and you guys are young. Yes. And it's still something that's very important to discuss because you might feel... um. What's the right term? You might feel some emotions. Reservations. That you might not be aware of. And there are a lot of people that have been dealing with depression, uh, but dealing with so many other emotions that are related yes. to both suicide and to cyberbullying. So today, uh, Jesse's going to really take a, a, good, a good stance on how he relates to the story and how he was affected by it. So this is the reason why he's here and joining us today, because I yeah. think his input would be something we all need to hear and to really understand on his perspective right. as well. So why don't we just take it back and look at some of the words, the actual words themselves, cyberbullying and suicide. Does anybody kind of know like the definition of either of those words? Does anybody want to take a chance? You want to take a chance? Adrian, what I do you Adrian. think? So what word do you want to focus on first? Like, do you want to talk about the word cyberbullying? Or the word suicide itself. I think I'm going to talk about suicide first. Suicide. Okay. okay, so what do you think the the word, like, what does it mean to you? Or what are your understanding of the word suicide? Well, I'm pretty sure the word suicide is killing yourself intentionally. Intentionally. Okay. Right. And right. purposely. Purposefully. Okay. And Stefan, what do you think? Um, Suicide would just be... Um, killing yourself for no reason. For no reason? Is that what you really think? That when you think of suicide, that you kill yourself for no reason? See, now, the, I think that's a great way right. of thinking of it, but there's always a reason. Right. There's always a, whether it's a, a good one or a bad one, is always a, there's always some sort of reasoning behind it. Yes, Adrian? I think one of the reasons is that they they've been undiagnosed, they were untreated, and they most likely felt like they weren't part of anything. They just felt right. alone, depressed, they felt like they couldn't do anything. They felt like they were they so trapped. Also oh, you think so that ignored. those are some of the reasons that are some of the factors that lead to people doing, you know, committing suicide themselves? Probably childhood trauma. Probably mm -hmm. people left them, like one of their loved ones mm -hmm. right. left this world. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of sadness yeah. is behind it. Yes, Stefan, what do you what do you think about that? Wouldn't suicide be um, like you don't feel like you should exist in this world, or it doesn't oh. feel right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a really good um, way of yeah, putting of it, putting yeah. that. But I want to take a look back at some celebrities and other people that have been afflicted by suicide. A few celebrities come to mind we got robin williams august 11 2014 
and uh, he hung himself. And he was an actor, a comedian, and he was one of our childhood actors that we watched growing up. So he did a lot of movies, but, you know, like I said, people battle their demons. They always have issues internally. You know, they feel like they're, I think after a while, they feel like they're not accepted by society. And even though they are accepted, they they just don't want to deal with it, like, mentally, you know, like. So you say so you're saying it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity. Right, like, it doesn't matter you know, any background, you know, like he, right. he probably felt like he didn't belong. And you know, so Jesse, do you know like any other celebrities that you might think of that that come to mind when it comes to like people that, you know, unfortunately committed suicide? Well, yeah, I mean, uh there was Kurt Cobain yeah. who famously had committed suicide back in the 90s. And more recently, we also had Chester Bennington from yeah. Lincoln Park. One of, oh, you know, yeah. One of my favorite bands. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, my God. I remember that. I remember when we got the news, we were driving back from PA back to New York, and we heard it on the radio. I just wanted to cry, bro. And we just started listening to the, yeah. to the, to the album. I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. I was I was always a huge fan of the band, especially in high school. And, uh, you know, that came following a few weeks or, or I'm not sure weeks, but sometime after uh, um, Chris Cornell, who was a close friend of Chester, who was a close friend of Chester Bennington, right? And um, I think that he his death also added to uh, Chester Bennington's depression. Right, right. Chris Cornell passed away first, and then it ate up Chester, and he just hung himself. Bro, it's crazy. Yeah, but but guys, this is this is not just just these three people we're talking about. There's, know, so, there's many so many people, so many people, so many, and it's just important to to make it seem like you know it's not just you know us normal folks. You know, it 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 affects celebrities as well. Yes, Adrian. Can you give us some interesting facts about suicide? Oh yeah, sure, sure. I think uh, I think Dad has some of those um those facts. You want to pull those up for me? Yeah, we got a uh, an average one death every sixteen minutes. Wow. And then we have a uh, 79% of suicides are male and then the rest are women. But I think it's 12% that are women just thought about it. And not actually, not actually pulled, went through with it. Oh, really? And then uh, 90% of suicides are linked to mental health, undiagnosed or untreated. So uh, suicide, it does um, focus a lot on the emotions right mental health so it's it's very sad when you hear about those stories i know that i I was very sad when i heard about those stories about you know somebody passing away or taking their life intentionally on purpose right so when we think about that how does that make you feel like when you hear about somebody passing away or somebody that died by suicide how does that make you feel i know when daddy heard about um, the Ch- Lincoln Park yeah, about Chester. Chester yeah. He was very sad about that. But I was very, I was very de- sad about it. It was very. I was sad. depressed. I was like, damn. Like why? Like why? The the question is, is the why? question mark is always with the big question mark. Right. Why? And, and he had why? a wife and he had a child. Yeah, yeah. So he left his family. So it's all different things that that factor in when somebody takes their life. Yes, Adrian. I'm pretty sure that. I think that suicide would probably, like, one of their loved ones would probably be most likely completely 
broken. They would felt they right. felt like like glass. They they felt like shattered glass because because right. that person was so important in their life. They see them every single day, and then that one day when they're gone, then you don't see them come back. Anymore. Right, but sometimes they don't realize. You know, they don't really care. If it affects other people, you know. No, I can't. I really can't say that. Yeah, I don't think because that. I think they do battle with it. Uh, see to see, you know, like are people gonna miss me? Are they not gonna miss me? Should I do it? Should I not do it? Do I do it for my family? Should I, you know? But then we don't know the battle that they struggle within to come to that decision. It's, it's a very personal, right? It's a very personal issue, right? Yes, Adrian. So I also think that people that have killed themselves with suicide, I think that. They, for people, people that realize that they're gone, they don't realize how much they care about them because right. sometimes they're treated in some way that they don't want to be treated. But then when they're actually gone, you you know how much you care for them now. Right, Stefan, what do you got to say? You got anything to say about this and why why this happens? It's not right. It's not right. Why? Why is it not right? Why is it not right? Because it's not right just to kill yourself. For no reason in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can I can see that being something difficult. Yes, Adrian. Not I'm not saying I disagree with him because maybe you would kill yourself for no reason, but as it shows, it says I'm pretty sure a lot of people have committed a lot of suicides because of multiple reasons, like mental health issues and right. being undiagnosed and untreated. Because it's most likely not for no reason, but Maybe sometimes it's just knowing to see how much they risked in their life and how much they wanted to just all end. I know. Right. That's a very sad thing. But I want to touch upon cyberbullying. What do you think about bullying? Mean. Mean. What else? What other things? Aggressive and disrespectful. Disrespectful, aggressive. <laughs> so I know like with now with remote learning, a lot of people can still have issues with cyberbullying. So let's take a look at the definition what I have here. So the definition to the dictionary. So I have here, it's the use of electronic communications, which could be a computer. Uh, what else? What's another example? Uh, communication. A phone. A phone. Okay. What else? Um, Adrian. Laptop. What else? What could be another? An iPad. An iPad. And then it says here... To bully a person, typically by sending a message of an intimidating or threatening nature. So, like, a, a big thing now with cyberbullying is, like, people like to send messages through Facebook. Right. Through, uh, what other social medias, guys? Um, Instagram. Yeah, Adrian, what other? Maybe just phone number, text messages. Phone numbers, text right. messages. Text what messages. else? What else? Uh, streaming apps. Like streaming apps. Like what? Yeah. Like, um, like Twitch. Twitch, Twitch right? Yeah. What TikTok. else? TikTok. Uh, uh, well, I'm trying uh, to think of what other else. Steam? Steam? Yeah. yeah. Does, any platform. A, any platform. Any, any platform. platform. There's always somebody that's going to write something negative in somebody's feed all the time. So when we think about cyberbullying and how it affects people in school, those are some of the factors that are connected with people committing suicide. So that's something that it's very, very sad because there has been many news, uh, a lot of news about people committing suicide during quarantine. Right. There has been many articles um, demonstrating 
how people are having a really, really hard time in quarantine because of COVID and things like that. Right. And remote learning. So with all these factors, you have your cyberbullying. Right. <laughs> then you have depression. Then you have isolation. Yep. And then anxiety. you have anxiety. Yeah. So this is all encompassed into Right. It's just that everything's being stirred in a pot right now. Stirred in a pot. And it's just it's really, really sad when it comes to when it comes to that. Yes, Adrian. So I think that one of the things that would happen is that sometimes people just feel they feel unloved. They just don't they just don't want to be in this world because they want to see how much people do care when they're finally gone because sometimes people actually like when people are gone because maybe there were annoyance and maybe when they were Yeah, but alive, is that a good enough reason to do? No, it's not no, a good enough reason not. to that's commit a, that's anything. The, that's the question. That's the question. Because maybe some family members were just like, oh, we'll miss him so much. And some family member was like, oh, he's gone. Uh, or she's gone. Oh, it's fine. But right. it's not well, really Adrian, a thing like that. So. Go ahead, Jesse. Adrian does make a good point. You know, uh, I think the point that he's trying to get at is that it's a call for help. Right. And oh, it's yeah. a call for attention. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, I, I think that's more of what Adrian is getting to. Right. But Good job, Adrian. But I think what what it all boils down to is that um yes, there is a call for help, but is knowing that you need help in the first place. Right. Cause I think sometimes might people might not recognize that they need help or they refuse help. So I think that's another thing is another way of coping is another way of of dealing with that. Yeah. Adrian, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, we should just like a therapist to talk to. Therapy. Therapy right, is another good, form right. of help. Because yeah. right, but some people don't want to open up. Open up. Because sometimes some people get nervous about opening up to other people. Is it because some people are so- shy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it because or, like social anxiety? It could be, it could be that too. so many things. It could be so many things. But I want to take this time and I want to I wanna have Jesse give his um, input on his own experience. Uh, with suicide and um guys just remember like if you need to ask any questions make notes and uh, we'll just wait until jesse you know finishes with his done done and then we'll ask any questions after that is everybody okay with that yeah yeah cool all right perfect you got the floor jesse you got the floor jesse all right well first off thank you guys so much for having me on the show oh anytime i really appreciate it (laughs) but um yeah. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thank you. Thumbs Steph. up. <laughs> but um yeah, about twenty years ago, uh, you know, I was about fourteen years old. And, you know, uh things were much different back then. I was a younger brother. I had my one and only older brother. Um, so I was about fourteen at the time and he was eighteen at the time. And, uh, you know, my brother was a very popular guy. He was, uh, you know, known by everybody in his school. Everybody was always calling. People were always coming over to the house. You know, he was very uh, life of the party type of guy. Um, and, uh, things took a turn for him and he just ended up, uh, becoming very depressed um over some situations that he was dealing with back then okay and uh he uh he was dealing with a lot of heartbreak 
at the time. Um, and, you know, a lot coming from a relationship that he was in. Okay. And, you know, uh, he and the girl that he was seeing at the time, they had gone their own ways. And uh, he took it very hard. Wow. He took it very hard. And, wow. and uh, it, it led to, you know, a steady decline and a complete change in his personality, you know, um, where he was once super outgoing and very loud, you know, he became really recluse and very combative and uh, very confrontational. Um, he became very angry all the time. Um, he became very difficult to talk to. Wow. And uh, one day, you know, uh, I was having, I was off from school for Easter vacation. And uh, I wake up and I'm watching TV in my room. And out of nowhere, I hear some terrible screams coming from downstairs. And uh, it was my grandmother screaming that my brother was dead. Wow. Wow. And that he had hung himself in his closet in his bedroom. Wow. My God, bro. And, um, I, I went running out of my room and my mom was ahead of me running in front of me and I could hear the panic voice coming out of her. And, uh, my, my cousin was about four years old at the time. And my very first thought is that I can't let him see it. So I grabbed him and I pulled him out of the way and I stayed with him. And then I could just hear all the crying and everything going on coming from my brother's room. And, uh, you know, my mother's a nurse and my father's a cop. And to hear them just breaking down and to just hear the pain in their voice, you know, it was, uh, it was a very intense day. And, um, it's, it's been a long a long emotional journey Damn, ever since then. You said it was 20 um, years, like you I said, said, right? 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> April, April makes it 20 years. Wow. Wow. April makes it 20 years. It was, it was April, 2001. And, um, it was, it was tough, you know, uh, you know, 14 at the time. And for 14 years, all that I knew was how to be a little brother. Right. And from that day on for, for a little while, I was an only child. And that was something I had never experienced in my life before. And, um, so much has come from that, you know, a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. Um, it, it hurt a lot. It's, it was like, it was like ground zero. Um, it's hard for me to remember life before that day. But, um, like I said, it's been a long journey. Um, it, it caused a whole lot of trauma for me in my life. Um, especially when you're 14, you're just a kid, you know, uh, (laughs) you're not expecting to deal with such, uh, trauma like that so young, but it's also given me a lot of opportunities for a lot of introspection. 
and for a lot of personal growth and a lot of development and a lot of understanding myself and a lot of understanding my brother, understanding why he did what he did. Um, and just, it's become so much a part of who I am today, you know, that, um, it's, it's definitely been life altering ever since. I mean, I just want to take a second just to say that, you know, I am so sorry to hear that you yeah. had to go through that. That's, that's the first thing. Um, well, thank the, you, the, the second thing is, um, I feel for your mom and dad only yeah. because we're, we're parents. Yeah. So to, right. to hear that, that your mom what you, you said your grandma was the one that saw him yeah, first or was it was yeah, his mom my, my grandma grandma uh, my grandmother uh, was the one who found him i well, i can't even fathom how that must have been for them so i i want to say i i think you are so brave to have this conversation with us and i can i i totally i i can't even thank you enough for bringing um your input because i think People need to know it's so important that you at 14 had to deal with such a such a tragedy. And yet you're able to, you know, talk about it and, and be right. um, be honest and, and, and be honest with us. So I, I really want to thank you for, for taking the time and telling us that story. Um, so well, let's just no, open up. the floor. You, no, no problem, problem. No problem. I see Stefan has his hands raised. Stefan has his hand up. Go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. Jesse, how did it feel to lose someone you love? Well, I mean, that is a good question, Stefan, but this was a, a bit of a different situation because it's not like losing your grandpa who, right. you know, got old. It's not like dealing with a family member who had cancer oh, or and sick. who was sick right. for a long right. time. Right, right, right. Those, those are the types of losses that you can see coming and you can get ready for that. Right. Um, this was something that came out of the blue my question to you jesse is did you ever like were you upset at him for doing it did you did you hate him like or did you ever forgive him like like right away oh, or, I, or how do you deal with it i would i would never use the word hate yeah right, I don't, right? hate uh, is a strong word you know like it's it's a strong it's a strong word um over all this time i've had a lot of time to go through the gamut of emotions. So okay. I've had times where I've been incredibly angry at him. I've had times where I've felt completely heartbroken. I've had times where I felt very depressed and isolated and felt like nobody can really fully understand or comprehend what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. Right. Um, there are times where I feel really angry and just feel like this is the life that you have sentenced me to. I have to carry this weight on my shoulders for the rest of my life. Oh. But, you know, I will never stop loving my brother and I will never stop missing him. And I would love nothing more than to have him back. But obviously, that can't happen. That's not the way that 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 life goes. No, life right. doesn't. Yeah, but, life doesn't. But you know, it's definitely um, caused me to pull out 
you know, a deep strength that I didn't know I had. Um, because, you know, there's, there's something that's called a, a transference of pain, a transference of trauma, where one person experiences pain and lashes out and then they inflict that pain onto somebody else and now they have pain that they're carrying with them. And this event that he went through, he was full of pain and right. he was hurting and he did something out of that pain. Mm-hmm. And that left a whole lot of pain on me and my parents and my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a process of dealing and coping with that pain in all this time since. I know that you mentioned before that, um, that it is always a cry for help. Do you think at any point that he reached out to, to you maybe, or to your mom or to anybody? I was going to ask that question. Yeah. I beat you to it. Yeah. I I do. I do actually, because nobody who's in this state of mind is going to ever directly come out and say, I need help. Right. Oh, never. Nobody's ever going. Never, never. Yeah. Because the problem is that when somebody is depressed, they feel incredibly vulnerable. Right. And by asking for help, you're admitting vulnerability you're admitting weakness right and nobody ever likes that feeling right. especially for a male so nobody <laughs> especially for a male for a guy, there's, yeah. there's 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 toxic masculinity right that's a very real thing absolutely and I don't absolutely think, i don't think that many people really give it enough credit but yes there is such a thing as toxic masculinity that can prevent men in particular from expressing their emotions because what do you got to do you got to man up throw right. some dirt that's, on it that's always it the, the expression that's always thrown around you, you got to man up right and nobody wants to be thought of as being weak um right. so for men in particular yeah it is hard to directly say i am not okay and i need help so what people tend to do is that they'll act out unconsciously and I'll never forget that there was this one night about a day or two before he had, before he had passed that, uh, uh, I had come home from school and he was in my room and he was playing video games, but he just felt like very, uh, very sedentary. You know, uh, he felt, it seemed like he was unable to do anything for himself. Uh, he wanted me to like tend to him and just give him anything that he had asked for he just it, it just seemed like he didn't have any willpower mm. in him mm. oh so you, you know? noticed it a few days before i i did I, at least a day or two if i could recall right i think possibly the day before wow um where his behavior was just very different you know his behavior was very different and I had no idea that at that time he was contemplating suicide. Right. You know, um, I just noticed that he was acting weird. Uh, but the funny thing is, uh, before that, there was a day where he came over to me in my room and he seemed like he was totally normal again. He seemed like he wasn't depressed. He seemed like he was the person that I knew growing up. It seemed like there was like a window that the depression had just broken for a night. And I saw my brother again, wow. you know, and it was just 
shortly followed by his suicide. Wow. Wow. Agent, you have something? Yes. Uh, I, w- I was going to say, how do you think that he reacted to him thinking about it? Do you think that he really, really didn't want to leave his brother? Or do you think that he had a reason that he couldn't tell you, but you maybe knew about it? Something that that people should understand is that depression doesn't necessarily mean being sad all the time. And I think that that's a misconception that a lot of people have. Absolutely. You can be depressed. But you can still laugh and have fun. Yeah, you could be clinically depressed and you could be clinically diagnosed as being depressed, but you can still function and you can still possess all those uh, emotions that encompass, you know, being a whole person. You know, it's not just one part of that. But I think the part that I think Adrian was trying to ask is that was you mean that was there any other clues? Adrian, like I'm trying to clarify your question. Uh, Like, yeah, most likely clues like. Like, I know how you said his behavior was changing, but what specific clues has changed and what do you think that changed during that time period? Oh, do you think that that's something that could have been a catalyst? Do you think that there was something that could have um, catapulted him to kind of confirm him going through that? Like, do you think that something oh. might have... Like a cry for help like kind a, of thing? N- like, no? I think it's... um, I think you're trying to ask, like... Like, what was... What was the final thing? Right, right. Over? Right, right, right. Um, that I'm not sure because I wasn't aware of everything that was going on. Okay. I mean, a, a, a good majority of it did happen in front of me. Okay. You know, a good, a good, a lot of things, you know, a lot of the arguments and the fighting um, and the brash behavior, a lot of that happened in front of me. I was there to witness it firsthand. Was it with you um, or was it with the family? Like, was it with you personally? It or? Was, no, it was mostly between him and my parents. Really? Really? Um, okay. Because you got, you got to understand my parents. I, I always say that I feel incredibly blessed to have the parents that I do, because I know without a second thought that either one of my parents would lay down their lives for oh, absolutely. Course, me, my brother absolutely. or my sister, you know? And, um, my parents did everything within their power to help my brother in any possible way that they could, you know, uh, they took him to therapy, you know, they, they had him admitted for a little while. Um, you know, they, they tried talking to him. They tried reasoning with him. They tried, they tried taking him out. They tried to do whatever they possibly could to lift up his spirits. Right. Wow. Um, they did everything that they possibly could. Right. So, so yeah. So, and, and they tried to help him. You know. So it, this was. No, I don't. I don't think that was the question. I think the question is like, yes, he had the support. Right. But he did he recognize what to do with it? I think that I think could he be tried. one thing. But the other, the other point of it is that if. If you are at that state that you no longer like you're like this is it. Like I think we're trying to figure out we we don't never know because you like Jesse said before, it's right. something personal. We would never never know. Never, we'll never, never, know. never know. You know, and I think for hi- on 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 his mom and his dad's side, they did everything as good parents could do for right. him, you know? 
and I and I would never take that away from them because us as parents, I would want my sons to tell me if there's something that's bothering them. Right. I would want you to come and tell me, right. you know, and I would want to help you, however, however we, I can, can or however right. we can, you know. So I think it's important for you to understand if you if there is something bothering you or there is something that you don't understand or this an emotion you can't get rid of. Use your parents. Your parents are there for you. And I think in this instance with, with Jesse and his parents, they were there for him as well. But it was still difficult. Adrian, yes, you have yes, a Adrian. question? Yeah. I don't have anything to confess, but I think that another thing that that's important is that we should never forget anyone. Because even if it's someone that you deeply hate or at least deeply dislike, that doesn't mean you should forget about them or at least try not to get them away because sometimes they can secretly be someone who admires you and someone who wants to at least be like you because sometimes bullying in a sense could sometimes be you know kind of a way of showing affection no right. but you're absolutely you're, right, right. I, I won't take that away from you you're on point Adrian you're on point but here's here's a minute we're gonna take it back a step I think that the importance of understanding um, the events or the, the events leading up to it are just as important as the evidence and the events that happen afterwards. So um, I don't know if you want to add anything else, um, Jesse, about the story or if you feel like there's something else that you need to add or, or anything in particular that you think that people need to know when it comes to well, you know, topic, dealing yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've. I've told this story several times in the past. You know, I used to, I used to give speeches about it too. Um, because, you know, I, I don't, I don't tell people this story for sympathy or for pity or for anything like that. I, I tell the story because it's been a long road for me right. since then, you know? And I know that there's only like a select few of people in this world who, who has been directly impacted by suicide. And I also know that there are so many people that find themselves feeling depressed. You know, they find themselves feeling isolated. They find themselves feeling not worthy. They find themselves feeling like people don't look at them the same way that they look at everybody else, that they think that they're, that they're less than for whatever reason. And the reason why I tell this story is for people to understand that anybody who commits suicide, it doesn't just affect them. It's not just a matter of right. them ending their lives. It's a huge butterfly effect right. that impacts everybody around you. Yeah. And I know that when somebody's depressed, it's very easy to think that nobody cares is very easy to think that you're on your own. It's very easy to feel like you're isolated, but those are just lies that we tell ourselves. And suicide is a long-term solution for a short-term problem. Oof. Mm. Oof. Hit spitting. it right at the heart. And He's I, spitting facts though. Spitting facts. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's, if there's anybody at any point who ends up listening to this, who feels this way, who 
might have felt suicidal, who's been contemplating it, who's been feeling depressed, who's been feeling worthless, who's been feeling depressed, who's been feeling, you know, not good enough. That is just a lie that we tell ourselves, and it's not true. It's not the case. And it's not the case. it's okay to hurt. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel pain. Yes, it it's is. It's okay to let it out. It's okay to rely on people. Yeah. Because no matter what, you might think that you are, but you are never alone. Right. You're not. And I just want, I just want anybody who needs to to hear this. I just want anybody who needs to hear this know that I get it. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. And you're but not alone. You just need. To, yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. You just need to hold on. Yeah. Because it will pass. And better, things right? will get better. Yep. You, know you got what, a question, you know, Adrian? Well, not necessarily a question, but I'm just gonna go into like what Jesse's saying. You shouldn't give up on hope. Right. It's just like what we've been talking about before. We always have this last slimmer of hope that we still believe in. Because even if times are just bad, there's still this last light in the tunnel. <laughs> wink, 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 light in the tunnel. But I think I think that what Adrian's trying to get at is that um, it's never easy to right. to deal with issues like this. But this is the reason why we're having them, you know. And I think that it's so important to be upfront and be honest about right. your emotions and not hide away like um jesse mentioned before about tact uh toxic masculinity uh, excuse me masculinity uh, yeah that's a hard word to say <laughs> let me let me spell check that because i couldn't spit that out so jesse do you mind saying it for me because i can't seem to say it correctly <laughs> sure of, of course of course toxic masculinity that's the word there it is <laughs> i think he makes a great point of that um that term is something that we throw around but it's it still exists and we need to and, make sure and let me let me just throw in i mean toxic masculinity is just one aspect, aspect of absolutely I mean, absolutely there, there are are tons of issues that women also go through as well it's not just something that's specific to men no you you're know, right uh, absolutely depression anxiety fear pain comes from a million different ways exactly. you know there there yeah. are a million ways to to get to that point right so it's 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 not a one plus one equation there's there's a lot more to it that needs to be you know understood absolutely um so jesse i really want to thank you for um taking part and sharing your story i think your story is just such an incredible piece of your story life and i and i can't Thank you enough for being uh, so brave and being so honest um, about this subject. Because I think, again, like you mentioned before, it's a it's a it's a topic that needs to be discussed so that, you know, that people don't feel alone. Right. I want to really thank you again for well, participating with us on this podcast uh, on Table for Four today. We appreciate you, Jesse. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys, you know, and again, for anybody else who needs to hear it, you are not alone and things will get better. Right. Yes. They will. They will always will. Even if there's no hope. The light of the tunnel. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> there's no hope. You make hope, Adrian. That's right. right. There you go. Right. So now our next topic, it's about bullying mm. and cyberbullying. 
Mm-hmm. So when daddy was growing up, daddy was a little chunky boy. You're still chunky. Well, that was, <laughs> well, I was chunky, then not chunky, and now I'm chunky again. You're still chunky. Okay, There's anyway, no like I said, I was your size, and people used to always bother me, used to bully me all the time. And back then, we didn't have cell phones. It was just straight up bullying. Yeah, no cell phones. People phone. would take my stuff, throw it out the window in school, steal my stuff out of my book bag, everything. Until I got one day, I just had enough, ended up fighting some kid, and that's it. Nobody mess with you again. Oh, so you, so, so you, so you, I had to stood up because it's like, it was always like, you better not say anything or else I'm going to beat you up. You know, like it, it's always like snitches get stitches kind of deal. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, growing so, up, yeah. so basically it was, it yeah, was you what? had to, you had to handle your own business. Oh, so basically up. one day you just woke up and chose violence. You, <laughs> <laughs> he, made a, he made an executive decision. <laughs> But violence is not the answer. But violence is not always the answer. And I said and I said not always. <laughs> so let me just clarify. <laughs> but um I don't condone violence. No, we don't condone it. But sometimes I think in your dad's defense that if he needed to defend himself in a way that he felt threatened, did you did you feel threatened? Did you feel I, I felt threatened because sometimes they're gonna be like, yo, you say anything, I'm gonna beat you up after school, you know, like I'm just you know, I, I I was afraid to walk home and stuff like that. That's you know? really scary. You guys got it. You guys got it good. Easy. You guys, you yeah, guys we didn't have no phones. School. There was no videos. Listen, no evidence of it. Dirty. When 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 I was back in in those days too, junior high school and whatnot. Yeah, yeah I got my fair share of people who would bully me and of course. you know who would just give me all sorts of heartache when I'm just like I'm just I'm just trying to be here. I just I'm just trying to be me. Yeah, like, you know, like. I'm not trying to cause no trouble, right, but right. you know, it's, it's like I said before, it's that transference of pain, you know, people have pain in their own life and then they right. inflict that pain onto other people. And they people try to take it on, on you. Just, it's crazy. Right. Yeah, so. It's crazy. I think we're going to go back. I think you were in second or third grade. I think he was in. I think it was a sec- uh, second, third grade. Third grade. Third grade, right? third grade. No, no, it was second grade. It was second, second grade. grade. Second gotcha. Grade. Gotcha. So when Adrian, my oldest, when he was in uh, second grade, he was. Uh, suspended over a period of 30 times minimum no uh yeah we could say that between between second and third grade between second and third grade it was about it was suspended about 30 times point behind the the suspensions is that they thought that you were a problem child and they thought that you came from a, a home a broken home a broken home so a lot of it stemmed from assumptions and I think, um, Jesse, I don't know if you can help me out here when it comes to assumptions, when it comes to different topics in, in terms of yes. bullying and things like that. I don't know if can you can you like give me a little bit of a backstory about assumptions and where does it get you? <laughs> well, it depends on, on which assumptions we're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's take a step back in terms of um, in our situation. So a lot of the staff thought that he came from a broken home and they said that he felt that he needed to be evaluated. Right. So mm-hmm. I think for for having you knowing us for such a long time is it fair to say that does does he come from a broken home and your definition of a broken <laughs> home would be what what would be your definition of a broken home jesse well i mean obviously if we're, if we're traditionally talking about broken home then you know a parent is missing or both parents are missing right. or the child isn't receiving any disciplinary care at home or just no attention at home right. or just any, any type of guidance towards steering them in the right direction. Right. 
which was not the case. <laughs> yeah, it was not the case. <laughs> you know, Listen, I I know you and Dirty are all over. <laughs> right, and, and and not for nothing, but the, the the school that they go to, they're strict. They're they're, they're very poli- strict. Their policies are a little. They they tailor to minorities, but they think, or they feel that, or they assume, or they assume that us minorities aren't educated, don't have any college backgrounds. Do you know? Well, you know, it, there, there's that 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 falls into you know the the hot button topic recently of you know systemic racism you know where you know because we're minorities you know listen i i'm puerto rican too you know i come from a hispanic background um and like i said my mom is is a nurse my dad is a cop uh we work very hard to get everything that we have you know um, so yeah, that, that right there is a part of the problem. There is such, such an assumption. Right. Right. But the assumption that he came from a broken home that, you know, they probably thought that, you know, maybe abuse, bo- abuse, or child, anything. you know, like and physical we, abuse. We were, we were asked these questions yeah. and I was, like, I was you know, kind of appalled by right. it. And I was like, uh, I'm like, okay, so let's get, let's go down to the problem. So he's being suspended. He needs to be evaluated. There's something going on at the home. Why is he acting out? And I, in my head, I'm thinking, well, he's a third grader. Okay, so you're between mm-hmm. what, seven and eight, right? At that time, how old are you? Um, yeah, like eight. Well, nine. I'm, well, I'm eleven now, but second grade. Yeah, like so. Yeah, like seven, was eight, like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was around like around seven. seven. You're about seven years old. Yeah, you're about seven. You're about seven. So, you know, you act out. Boys play, you know, little roughhousing. It's normal. But right. so where it comes down to is that he was going through a situation where a lot of boys were making fun of him. But the the one that pretty much made the school aware that somebody was bullying you, I think all it took was for one teacher to notice. Yeah. Because all the teachers that you've had, they never saw you. They never saw them commit the crime, but they saw you commit the crime and you pay and you paid the time right 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 (laughs) they always saw you retaliating right they always saw you retaliating but they never caught them they never said anything so this one instance the teacher finally saw him and and pretty much put the other kid on blast for doing that so long story short both uh, the teacher pulled me to the side and told me that uh that we saw these a couple of kids there's a group of four kids that are always constantly bothering adrian and uh, we've never seen him bothering. He's been telling us about it. But th- this time, I caught them bothering him. And uh, now, they're all getting suspended. <laughs> everybody on the so I was so happy, even though I was suspended. Right. I felt so much joy so, because I finally got revenge. So all it took was one teacher to, to, to see, to witness what happened. And when I went to so pick I up... Have- go ahead. Yeah, I have a quick question for Adrian. Adrian, why do you think that uh, the teachers were always so so quick to jump on you and always to think that it was you? Because I think that the teachers were randomly like looking around because sometimes the teacher has to look around to see no, any children. There's no randomness when it comes to you. Not when it came to the suspension. And I knew this from the beginning. You you are like to say uh, you like attention. You seek it. Right. And so for you. It was probably something that you always stood out. Right. That's you can't help that sometimes. 
you know. So, so yeah, so you so, always you're, you're at the wrong place at the wrong, wrong time, time. <laughs> kind of guy. So that that's that's the yeah, only and, thing I can right. say about so, that. So and it got to a point where we we had to get the principal involved. We had to get a lawyer involved. We had to get the school district wow. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a meeting, and we wow. had to go. He had to get evaluated, and it turns out he ain't the problem. <laughs> His IQ is through the roof. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they confirmed that he didn't come from a broken home. Right. He you didn't know? come from a. He wasn't a problem child. He didn't have right. any mental disabilities. He he didn't have anything that would be an indication for him to be acting out. Oh, uh, dude! And then ever since then, ever since that meeting. <laughs> Anything you need, Mr. Molina. Anything you need, Mrs. Molina. Dude, it just it was a they greeted us every. T- it was a whole three sixty, bro. Their so, whole their vibe just changed in an instant. And I and I think not. not and they got in you, trouble. They got in trouble by the board of ed because of this. And here's the thing: the reason why we bring that up is because there was a witness to it, right? Right. A lot of bullying goes unwitnessed, unnoticed. Yep. Unnoticed, unwitnessed. It does. It does. And what happens is it's the same thing with cyberbullying. You're behind a screen, right? You can have a username, you can have a, a a fake picture, you can have whatever it is. And it could still go unnoticed. But now they have, you know, sophisticated, you know, technology. They could do tracking, things like that, but it's still behind a screen that you right. might not know. Well, you know what? I got I gotta say though, I think that there's something that's a bit worse. And cyberbullying, you know, compared to traditional bullying. Right. I mean, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Have, have having been bullied myself when I was a kid, I'm going to say that straight up sucked. That, yeah, right. there's a lot of, of course, of straight up, straight up. <laughs> it's not like they put yeah. underwears and hangers on the coat rack or something. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. No, no, it's not. And bullying doesn't always come in that form, too. Right. You know, it doesn't always come in the form of shoving and 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 you know physical violence. It could be somebody verbally, touching yeah. you inappropriately. It could yeah. be somebody yeah verbally abusing you. You know, and I remember that 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 there were instances where I was on the receiving end of that. Right. Uh, and it was always so hard to make the case toward you know to the teacher of just like listen, I, they won't leave me alone. Right. Right. But when it comes when it comes to cyberbullying. The, the the what makes it worse is that there's a bit of anonymity. Oh. You know, people can be anonymous right. while they're doing it, so they get that keyboard courage because they keyboard don't courage. Really I like that term. Not liquid courage. <laughs> keyboard courage. They, they don't. They don't. They they're not fearing of any repercussion or any blowback. Whereas you know, when you're in school, it's a lot. It's easier to point out you know who the culprits are right right this goes back to why we brought this topic up because suicide and cyberbullying and bullying go hand in hand right right because right. sometimes the cyberbullying leads to that to that result of, of somebody taking their own life and you know especially now since we have covid there's been a few kids that's, that's been passed away through suicide because of covid yeah they can't yeah. deal with it and then uh you know it's been two cases now there was one kid i think last week in staten island a 16 year old kid yeah you know and then there was uh, another kid in in maine in december it's so sad i mean and those are the stories that we know about we can't even right there's definitely there's definitely uh an aspect uh because because of like the lockdown of isolation 
you know, and, and being physically separated from people. Right. But then right now, you know, we're also in the middle of winter and a blistering cold winter, mind you. So there's also seasonal depression on top of that. Right. So when you've got a pandemic that's having you locked in, when you have really bad weather and really early nights that are Ugh. having you locked in, it really is the perfect uh, ground for your mind to really go nuts. Right. Yes, Adrian. So I want to talk about the changes that will happen after second grade. So. Okay. What about it? Okay. What about it? So I think that after second grade, I think I took a complete turn because after I think second grade, I stopped being that kind of guy right because we got you the help you needed you, and yeah. it turns out it wasn't you it was them yeah so then i stopped don't get me wrong you're not a complete innocent person there ain't no but angel. we but but we recognize that that you may have not have been innocent but you weren't the culprit alone you right. know like that's that's the thing and it takes i think two to tango you know and i think that was important is that you were able <laughs> to go to therapy you were able to talk and i think uh, you can't be afraid of therapy sometimes because sometimes you have to find professional help. It's okay to find professional help. But I think in this case for you, you we took you out of that equation. Your class was changed. You changed your, your, your teachers. You, you moved on to a new grade. Fresh start. And I think that was the best step for you. Sometimes you have to get out of that negative circle and that it's just so, it's so many things that could have went wrong or you could have thought of, of hurting yourself because you were being hurt in that sense and being bullied. So I, I'm grateful that we were able to give you the help that you needed and resolve it on its own. Right. Right. So it's just, it's, it's just so many parts that, that go into that. And I think what Jesse was saying, he makes a great point that, you know, with the seasonal depression and, and, and isolation, COVID uh, definitely exasperated um, many of those thoughts and, and many of those um, inconsistent right. um, feelings. Because I feel like y you might be happy one time and you're okay. And then the next minute you're oh, not yeah. feeling great. And you know, it's totally. an emotion roller coaster up and down, up and down, right. up and down. So, and it's, it's very exhausting, oh. you know, it's, <laughs> it's very exhausting. Exhausting. When, you know, aside, aside from any other issues, uh, yourself up and down all the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, I just want to thank you for for telling us your story. Thank you for being here, and to everyone that's listening, that's all you. If you have anybody to talk to, talk to them. There's also the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number, which is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. So that number again is eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Um, I think Stefan, you have you have something to say, sweetheart. Um, I just wanted to say that I've been bullied before, but it was only in Boy Scouts. Like, I've never been bullied in school before. Okay. I never Lucky got... you. Lucky you, I, I never got anything <laughs> stolen. I had everything in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten so many snacks stolen, I can't express. Uh, for, you, you don't oh, need no more snacks. Yeah, you don't need more, no more You're snacks. You're good. <laughs> you need twice more snacks than I do. Uh, I, I just walk up those stairs with no problem. And you ignore them. But the in Boy Scouts, these two kids will keep 
bothering me. Ooh. And then after like, was, like, oh, like, oh, tell them, tell them how you feel. Tell them, I was just done with them. I just oh, ignored you them. Them. Uh, okay. you yeah, you them. I was like, that's I, right. So they just Don't kept, give they them just, your time. Stuff. They tried to went in my way. And I was like, bye. I just walked past them. <laughs> Even if I tried to ignore them, I couldn't ignore them. Yeah, because oh. they were both because they, they were bothering me and Adrian. They were constantly always. Yeah, and then there was me. one time they pushed me and I slapped them in the face. Oh my goodness, oh, we resorted to violence. We don't condone violence. We don't condone yeah. violence. Don't violence. Oh my God, Jesse, I want to thank you again for being part of this. Well, it was a pleasure to join you guys. Uh, I look forward to possible future sessions with you all, and. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. So guys, um, again, this is a table for four. You can always find us on the major podcasts. Uh, we are currently on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on TikTok. And we are also on Twitter at table for four. Uh, you can also listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Breaker Radio, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast at table for four. Um, again, I want to thank everybody here again. Um, who else? I mean, who else can we thank? I mean, everybody, everybody, you know, <laughs> all the listeners. Thank, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Thanks, God. For making this happen. And thank you, Jesse. <laughs> thank you, Stefan. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Mommy, for all being here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. This is Stephanie. This is Andre. This is Adrian. And your boy, the youngest child in the family, oh Stefan. Oh my God. Such Have a, a good night. Have Take a care, good night, guys. guys.